first and ten. How about a little flea flicker action? Tannehill taking a chance towards the end zone, and it is caught. A.J. Brown with a miraculous catch. Welcome, everybody. This is the Transatlantic Titans podcast, the only UK-based podcast about the Tennessee Titans that I'm aware of anyway. Um, probably means there are hundreds of others, but um, none of them are worth listening to. This one is I'm Adam Hosting. I've got Mr. Positive and Mr. Negative both with me um, today. Miles, Terry and Greg Kett. How are you, gents? Feeling positive. I was wondering which one's which. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know which one's which. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that running joke that never gets old. That everyone knows now. Miles is the positive one. I'm the negative one. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, it it hasn't always been so lately, though. Having said that, obviously you're still a miserable git, Greg. But Miles has absolutely w- yeah. wavered <laughs> a little bit with some of the the bullishness of the predictions. Did you not um, see the Browns game? Who can be positive after that? <laughs> Well, last week's podcast was a struggle. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, you had you had Sal to help you. Who, it's uh, very who true. Was, very entertaining. I enjoyed that. I wasn't wasn't here for for that chat, but good to listen back to. Um, obviously, you guys looked ahead to to facing the mighty Jacksonville Jaguars last Sunday, and I mean it, it's it's been a weird season because the Titans have lost. One or two at least games that should have won, and the Bengals sticks out, and the Browns obviously. Um, we possibly had fears in the back of our mind that the the Jags would be one of those. Um, turned out not to be, and pretty comfortable victory to be honest. Um, Titans go to nine and four, still top of the AFC South. Irritatingly, the Colts couldn't lose a, a, a last um, afterwards, which we were obviously all hoping would happen. Um, still have the tiebreak on them. I, th- I think pretty much whatever happens, we should have the tiebreak with Indianapolis, um, unless unless some weird stuff um, goes on. But yeah, still top of the AFC South. Two, sorry, three games to go. Um, looking okay. Um, the performance in Jacksonville. Oh, we'll start. We'll start with Mister Negative, shall we? Um, it was a pretty average start. It looked for a second that. Mike Glennon was moving the ball on us first possession. And then, um, you know, you fall on your backside when attempting a field goal. It's probably not going to be your day. And it we didn't really look back from there, Greg. No, it, it always felt relatively comfortable. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it felt 100% com- comfortable until probably the first drive of the second quarter, I think it was, when we went, and we were 14 points up. So maybe it was the second half. Can't remember what it was, but yeah, it always felt relatively comfortable. Um, first drive, they were moving the ball. Glennon, I think, has been doing that quite a bit. Um, but after that first drive, he, he he barely got out of. I think I might have had one or two drives where he actually got a first down. But you know, we were pretty much stopping them almost immediately, which for for our defence is is actually great to see. Um, I felt the defence in the first half was was really strong. Uh, look, we know it's the Jags. We know that the offense isn't the strongest out there, but you've got to, you've got to beat what's in front of you, and you've got to stop what's in front of you. Ultimately, and in the first half, we definitely did that. So, no arguments from my side. Um, for the first half, I mean, we had a bit of a sticky situation with the fumble from Corey Davis. 
which obviously let them go and score a field goal, which I said would never happen. Said there was going to be no field goals in this game. They ruined, ruined that uh, in the first quarter. But um, yeah, all in all, it just it never really looked like the Jags. Even even when you know, Minshew came in, it never really looked like they were going to really come back. We always looked comfortable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they had too much to do by that stage. Um, the, I mean, it, the first the first possession, the Jags missed the field goal. Um, the Titans instantly, uh, within two or three plays, scored a, a touchdown from that flea flicker to AJ Brown, one of my favourite plays of the of the season. Um, yeah, Miles, my, um, how do you, well, how do you drop his subsequent um, <laughs> attempt? But how do you bring that in with one hand? He's a skillful boy. Uh, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but he's quite good at catching <laughs> the football. I mean, I was quite fortunate, or sorry, unfortunate, that I was set to miss the first half because I had to uh, nip out. So I was relying on our WhatsApp chat to uh, inform me what's going on. And it looked strangely positive, which worried me for many, many times. But on the Monday, obviously, I followed up and caught up on it all. I was lucky enough that the moment I was leaving my house, I saw the flea flicker play. And then when I got in, I got to see the beautiful still images of AJ Brown's face when he's catching it of what I call the Derek Henry eyes of just looks like a complete psychopath doing amazing things. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. That's great stuff. And and it was just, it was just a, it was a great play. I mean, I I admit I went into the Jags game a little bit nervous and I I, I have no idea now why I haven't watched the game other than maybe the fact that Adam Rank predicted we would lose. Wait, that's a sentence that no one's ever said. They've been worried about his predictions. Um, (laughs) Well, we yeah, were officially, was, by the way, officially um, can't go eight and eight now um, with our ninth win. So Adam Rank is is confirmed well, no, as wrong. I've got an idea for this. We we should do this every year with uh, basically like a happy Adam Rank day every time he officially can't get his prediction right. So it could be different times of the year, but at some point during the year we will have a uh, or either happy or Saint Adam Rank's day, which will be Saint the Adam dates Rank. the dates that Adam Rank gets his prediction wrong. I'm putting it out there. Bit, if anyone wants to follow like this, it could just be, be a lot of days. <laughs> no, no, no. It'll be the date. The day that it the goes official wrong date he gets will be will be that. will be happy Adam Rank Day. Well, that was that was Sunday on this occasion. Uh, by the way, before we move on from that touchdown, I found a Derek Henry weakness. Um, I'm sorry to do this, to bring it down a notch, but he can't sell a, f- a flea flicker. Um, that was the most telegraph flea flicker I've ever seen. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and what what happened after this is after that makes it all irrelevant. But um, yeah, it was it was very obvious as soon as he was <laughs> he was handed the football that he he wasn't. But yeah, I, I guess if you run that hard um, with that size, um, and he's you, not he's not, not he's not elusive enough for it, is he? I mean, I think. It kind of needed to be him if you put McNichols in there and, and try that. It probably wouldn't have worked. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean. But to be honest with you, it worked and it worked perfectly. And, yeah, AJ brought it in pretty well. Yeah, all about the the throw and the catch. Um, there followed, I mean, three punts followed that touchdown. Um, two from the Jags, one from the Titans. Um, then we had, going into the second quarter, um, Matt Lafleur came back to call just one play for us on fourth down. What uh, what had been a really good looking drive. Um, there are plenty of those, and this this Titans offense looks great right now. Um, but yeah, fourth and sort of two, fourth and three. Yes, I want to be going for it in that situation. Um, just just got a bit cute. Um, 
hand well it was a pitch i think to mcnichols yeah it just it wasn't it wasn't happening was it was that play call like it was i i'm with you where i think what we must have been down at what 9 10 11 yard line maybe you're always going for it 100% you're not taking the three points there but not putting either putting henry in the play as as an option because like they know that realistically henry's going to be the going to be the main man it's going to either run run those two yards or if not you use it as an opportunity for play action roll out I mean, you could have. There's many ways you could have done it. The one, the one player would not have been drawing up at that particular point uh, is bringing McNichols in, and and yeah, it was just a pretty poor, pretty poor end to what looked, as you said, was a, a pretty solid drive before that. We looked looked like we we're moving the ball with ease almost. It's one of those things that 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 comes off, and we're all like, Arthur Smith's a genius, aren't we? So sometimes sometimes you you've just got to say, all right, that did that didn't work. Um, McNichols getting the ball is the last thing the Jags are probably expecting at that point. Derek Henry's not on the field. All right, it's a pass. Surely it's a pass. So there's that deception, but come on. you Key plays, I just think, so just just go to what's most effective. Um, what you annoys could me about things. this, what annoys me about this, though, is that we, we look back at it now and say, well, you know, it was comfortable. That happens in a big game, in a big moment, and a fourth and two in a game, that that become a momentum changing, and you call that play, and that same result, you're looking at a completely different result. Now, look, it was, luckily, didn't mean anything in the end, but you kind of feel like that can't be the best play call on, on that, on, on on all the play calls they have available on fourth down. That's, that's, that's the bottom of the list of what you're calling. But I get your point around, you know, they're thinking pass, but it just, I don't know, even, even just the way they ran it, it felt... You see it coming it a mile didn't, off. It wasn't good blocking, I didn't no, think, on that play, no, for what it's worth. Um, to be fair, I actually think the O-line, and look, we've had a lot of changes in the O-line. There was a few moments like that, a Questenbury on a few occasions. And look, we all know he's third choice left tackle, which is, you know, and what he's come back from is absolutely astounding. But there's a few times on on Sunday that he got he got roasted, absolutely roasted out there. And, and it kind of just bulldozed for most of the game and put quite a bit of pressure on Tannehill at times, which does kind of worry me when, if we were, when we do come up against a, a better defence on kind of whether that O-line, how how they'll do. I'm going to give some of it a bit of a pass because the condition of the field was awful and it it, yeah, it didn't lend itself to solid blocking. That is true, you, yeah. Your, your footing, you've just got no no security when you're trying to plant your feet and block um, that I've noticed that a few times and maybe some players are better than others at dealing with it. Um, yeah. Could have played a swamp and it would have been better. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Flo- a Florida swamp even. Yeah, exactly. The, there were a few miscues around that, that part of the game, the early part of the second quarter. Shortly after that um, next possession, um, Corey Davis fumbles a football miles and it's, at that point, were you in any way concerned? It's still seven three. The Jags, the Jags take over deep into Titans territory. You're thinking, mm. I don't know if concerned was the right word. It was almost like the the whole. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed in you, Corey, because you've had such a good good year. And that, to be honest, it's going to be one of the things that's going to be checked off when you think about the end of the season. Obviously, the game went our way. They'll probably forget about it very easily, but. It's one of them mistakes where if they score from it, I think they got a field goal out of it in the end, didn't they? They didn't get any more. Yeah, than that. that's right. Yeah. So 
if they go on and score from that, it, it's a completely different scenario, and it's something that obviously shouldn't happen on field. Everyone has it. We learned even last week. With it happens to even Derek Henry can fumble, but I I don't think I was ever concerned after early on seeing how the game was going. And I know with the Titans, it's very easy to just crumble and concede 40 points in the second half. But to me, the Jaguars never really shown any sign of actually wanting to get in from, from the game, arguably until um, the moustache guy came in, of which they did show signs <laughs> of wanting to get something out of the game. But prior to that, no. So, yeah, with Corey, I'm just hoping that he sort of beat himself up about it a little bit, brushed it off and moved on sort of thing. But, yeah, I'll I don't t- really feel like there was, there was trouble. I'll take it. I think hopefully it might save us about half a million on what we've got to pay him next year. We'll just claim that, <laughs> claim that one, claim that one half, half a mil for every uh, fumble you have, Corey. Um, yeah, we maybe we maybe don't need the the Corey Davis chat this week. It's every week at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he had a bit of an off day, but final, we'll, I'll I'll forgive him. From that point though, seven three when the the Jags converted that field goal, um, touchdown on the Titans' next possession for Derek Kemry. Um, and then still time to get another field goal before half time. Goskowski's all right from over 50. Um, and from from there, and a very strong start to the second half again. Um, first possession touchdown, suddenly it's 24 3 and 31 3 after an in- interception from Butler. After that, Henry again. I mean, it, it was some quick scoring either side of half time. Um, all of that is before Gardner Minshew comes in. and yeah, he's he's got too much to do. I, I mean, I would I would say he looked so much more effective than Mike Glennon. Um, other than I mean, Glennon only looked good really from that sort of scripted start of the game when they first possession. Um, Gardner Minshew comes in. He's got he's got some wheels and he gives you that that extra threat. Um, he's not perfect, but he, there's something about he can just make plays he can improvise plays and he he seems to lift his teammates as well i don't understand why the the jags were starting mike glennon but that that's their problem um the defense dealt with anything glennon had to offer really but struggled a bit more against Minshew. um they just yeah they were never going to come back but it started it yeah it wasn't as good from that point really just want to mention the the field goal just before halftime and the clock management. I think it was 17 seconds. I think that was left on the on the clock when they were punting the ball away. Yeah. And then to get into field goal range, uh, whatever Goskowski's range actually is nowadays, uh, clearly over 50 is all, all you got. I mean, you'd be taking you'd be taking penalties to get yourself outside of 50 with him yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, but just the clock management on that on that drive to, to to nab an extra three points, which was essentially the three points that Corey fumbled, um, outstanding. But yeah, just come and then getting back to Minshew. Yeah, look, we, we saw what Minshew can do in the you know in the first game that we played against them. He's he's got the ability just to sling the ball left, right, center, and and give receivers an opportunity to go up and get it. And I felt the defense was a little bit more conservative in the second half. They had that lead and they kind of felt like they didn't want to go in and be all guns blazing. I think probably bar, bar Malcolm Butler, everyone else was pretty conservative and it just meant that they were just trying, you know, really, I mean, look, we still got stops. We only conceded 10 points at the end of the day. Um, they got the one touchdown, I think in the, possibly the third quarter, if I remember, remember correctly, but you know, we got, we did get stops, but they were still moving the ball with ease and they still, 
I'm not sure what the total yardage was, but it must have been well over 300 yards on the day. So, yeah, the defence started to creep into some old habits that I don't really want to be seeing. I want to be seeing the aggressive defence that just wants to stop every single drive. But we know what Minshew can do. He's Like you said, he's got wheels. He's got he's a slightly different threat. He's not afraid to just chuck the ball up and, and hope that someone, whether Chark or Cole or whoever, comes down with it. And if you're doing that in this, in this day and age, you know, you would either get plenty of receptions or potentially some DPI penalties. And sometimes it's just worth giving it a go unless your name's Jameis Winston. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was a bit of a frustrating second half at the same time. It's just always felt comfortable. I think the fourth yeah, quarter was yeah, totally. ball fest in the end, but it just, yeah, never looked in, in doubt really, which we say every week. I, I agree with your observation about the defense. It's that early couple of possessions where they were fired up and the Browns' performance will have put some rockets up some people, um, and I think Brabel can be good at that. Like you don't, you don't often see two bad games in a row from any group of personnel, do you? Do you? So um, I got, yeah, I got the impression that the defense were they had chips on their shoulders, they had a point to prove, flying around all over the place. Um, Ty Smith early on looked great, like he was, it was just breaking up passes from nowhere. Um, it sort of calmed down a bit. I think. I think again, going a bit more conservative in the second half, it didn't. It doesn't suit us. You know, I'd. I'd rather almost gamble, make a big play. Yeah, you might give up a. You might give up a big touchdown, but it's. It's almost worth it if you can't stop certain offenses anyway. You, you might as well try and get a big turnover or gamble on a, a sack or a stop or something. Um, and there was there was more of that early on, and but. Yeah, once you've got a 31-3 and 31-10 lead, um, I suppose it's not not too vital, but it looks it looked uglier. But, but even their even their even their touchdown drive, if I remember correctly, I think they they converted on fourth down. I think Minshew rolled out and converted on fourth and four or something. So I mean, that could easily have been a stop, and it could have been you know them getting no more than three points. But we did stop them on fourth down, I think, twice after that. So. Yeah. As much as you can criticise the defence for giving up big chunks of yards in those in those drives, which they did, you know, we stopped them getting them in the end zone, which you, you can't really complain about too much. No, um, there's yeah, 31-10 at the end of the day, as we said, a reasonably reasonably routine win. Um, nine and four. Looking ahead, I mean the the Lions will be well. The Lions is the last game of the regular season in Nashville. Um, coming up, then we've got trips to Green Bay and Houston to to finish the season. It's yeah, an, another game that the Titans should win. Um, doubts, yeah, doubts over Matthew Stafford, um, which could be key in the in this game. I'm a big Matthew Stafford fan. Uh, the Lions, they've been inconsistent anyway. Um, I'd much rather face them without a firing Matthew Stafford, who could be incredibly dangerous. Um, and they they have got an exciting offense. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't see that we'll come unstuck, un, unstuck, un, uh, unstuck even, but I would have said that about, about the Browns game. Um, <laughs> Miles, any, any doubts about facing the Lions? Not really. I mean, I, I still think Stafford will play because I don't know how he does it all the time, but he just seems to be able to play through injury after injury after injury. And regardless of what they're saying, um, I'm convinced they'll play. Like you said, they have got a few. They have got a few good weapons on offense, which could worry off. 
defence. My, my big concern is, again, we didn't have a sack against the Jags. And it's yet yeah. another game of just not getting pressure on the quarterback. Bear in mind that this is a quarterback who might be carrying whatever form of injury. If we can't get near him and we're going to let him sling the ball around, then yeah, he's he's got a brilliant tight end. He's got two wide receivers who are very capable of causing damage. And DeAndre Swift has come back from a concussion a couple of weeks ago and he, he looks really good in terms of a rookie who's sort of established the whole uh, playbook on offense. And defense, they're... Defence are not as good. That's where it'll come down to. I think we're just going to have too much for them. I think it's going to be similar to the Cleveland game where it'll be a shootout, but I just think after a while, Detroit will stop the shootout, as it were, and just not be able to keep up. That's where I can see it coming down to, but we really need to start getting pressure on the quarterbacks. I mean, even just for confidence on the team. I can't remember who it was who we complained, saying they over-celebrated the sack too much and it cost us too much time, but realistically, because of how many sacks we've had this year, I don't blame them. It's, we really need to start getting some more pressure on them. Why not do it against a quarterback who's not going to be able to move for the game? Yeah, the the pass rush, that's that's the biggest concern for me on on, on defence right now. Um, the secondary in, initially probably was at the start of the season, um, but given how well Malcolm Butler's played and given how well one or two other names have done, you know, Borders, um, yeah, Ty, Ty Smith on Sunday, Borders didn't play. Um, I mean, the, the Ke- Kevin Byard, um, who's who a few people are concerned about, I'm, I'm not particularly personally. Um, I think that he's probably uh, had to had to pick up the slack from, from others a little bit. Um, but no, it's, it's the pass rush that worries me. Um, doesn't matter what your secondary does if you're not you're not getting any pressure. Um, the Jags might not be able to hurt us too much, but I think Stafford's somebody who can. My, Matt, Matt Stafford, with time, concerns me a bit. Um, Greg, is there anything we could do to combat that? Yeah, pass rush definitely has been an issue all year, and all honesty, even when we had uh, fit and fire in Vic Beasley. Um, the, <laughs> the, uh, look, offensively, I'm not, I would definitely wouldn't rule them out, but I mean, they did get shot out against, Car- uh, against Carolina. Carolina, even. Carolina. Um, Carolina, Carolina, who that is. Um, Yeah, they got shot against the Panthers. Um, So, I don't know. (laughs) I kind of, I'm very much, uh, look, if Stafford plays, he's not going to be 100%, which I think is, you know, look, that's a good, can only be a good thing. It will mean that there's got, but I think he's got rib injuries, which again will will limit him in terms of, you know, how far he'll be able to get the ball down the field. Not sure what's happening with Golladay, but I think he's been out recently. And if he's back, obviously that's going to be a big, big, big one for them if he's available. Um, but offensively, we have to be. I mean, their defense. I watched a little bit of their game um, on Sunday, and uh, defensively, they just didn't look anywhere near the part. They they were just giving up yards and big chunks of yards. I think they're thirty second against the run, which you know, you should then automatically see another 200-yarder game from Henry in theory if you're going going against a team that are, you know, the, technically the worst against the run in the league. So I, I agree, I mean, with what Miles said. I think then if, if Stafford plays, they'll come out. It'll be a bit of a shootout to start with. They might get a couple of, couple of scores, a couple of touchdowns. But I think we should be able to accelerate away in that second half. And 
it should be a comfortable win, but I said that against quite a few different teams and a bit like you alluded to, games like the Bengals. This is exactly the banana skin that the Titans would go and lose. Um, then we go and beat Green Bay in their own backyard. It's, it's You don't know, but on paper, and if you look at it right now, you, you have to, you'd be putting your money on, on a Titans win and, and should be a relatively comfortable one. It should be a massive game from... <laughs> From Derek, as you say, uh, he got what two hundred and whatever yards on Sunday. He didn't, didn't even, play didn't in the even notice it really. It's just he didn't notice it, and he didn't even play in the fourth quarter. He was just sat on the sideline asking Vrabel if he can go back in. Like he's just, it was a really weird game. It wasn't like any other two hundred yard game you've ever seen. Yeah, but that just shows how it good felt he like was. there were about about six or seven sort of thirty yard plays that he got. Uh, maybe, maybe because there wasn't a 99 yarder in the game, we we're sort of disappointed. You know, he's, he's only rushed for 200 something yards. I think he had two, two relatively big ones, didn't he? I think he had one for the touchdown, which was must have been what 30 or 40 maybe, and then he had that yeah. other one which got tackled, which yeah, they went and punched himself anyway. But I think that just shows how good he is. I really do. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like driving a Ferrari, isn't it? Where you put your foot down and you'll look up and you'll look down and all of a sudden you've done on, you're doing 180 or something. And it's just like, it just happens. It just, it's, it's is it Mars? Where... I don't, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I assume that's how it is. Yeah. What colour's your Ferrari? Yeah. Oh, well, I've got two. One of them at the moment uh, sprayed. That Quality Street um... sponsorship deal got paid out. and then <laughs> Only to me. <laughs> But no, it's just one of them. Like you said, the game just went by so quickly. And yeah, I think it was Brian was giving us updates on what he needed to score to like break all these different records. And it's like, but you compare them to some of the names that haven't had these 200-yard, two-touchdown games. And it's like, they're all Hall of Famers. And then you've just got Derrick Henry that is just like the past few seasons has just decided, you know what? Yeah, I am physically unbelievable. Let's just tear this league up. There was a stat, I think uh, I read or watched someone that mentioned it. It might have been even on the game where they said Derek Henry's had four 200-yard games since 2018. I think it's 2018. Um, the rest of the NFL has had four. Uh, and, yeah, and that to yeah, me yeah. It just, just says it all. And it just, just says, A, how, how good he is. I mean, that's not luck. That's not just, you know, even even if you're looking against the opposition he's getting it against. I mean, some of them aren't on bad sides. You look in the playoffs last year, he was getting 180 yards against, you know, Baltimore defense that were no mugs, uh, even if he was using one of them to lead block. But it's one of those, it's just, yeah, he just seems to, this time of the year, just seems to get better and better and better. And we should time it to perfection. And, and as long as we can keep all of our other ducks in a row on defense and, and not get to a point where we get another game like Cleveland, where you're, you're basically, you've already lost it by half time he should be eating up the yards and he should be very, very close to that 2000 yard season, which I'm, I would love to see him get. What's he need? 150 odd per game, game. to get that. Yeah, That's... I think so. He's on 1532. You should it's, get that. A... You should get that Sunday. <laughs> okay. I mean, 2018, he really got noticed. And I, I mean, we drafted him in 2016. Um, he was behind DeMarco Morelli in it, but De... Did Marco Murrelly? He must have played for the Carolina we're, Panthers. We are, ha- we are having a mare today, aren't we? Um, <laughs> we are. Not so much on my side. Um, yeah, he's, he's, I'm just worried just to worried name anything. His Ferraris. Now. He's all right. I was going to say, rich guy problems, eh? Yeah, mm. yeah. 
so he's behind Murray for the first couple of years. Um, we see we see flashes of him. 2018, he really hits his straps. And once we figured out that he's probably a bit better than Dion Lewis um, towards the end of that year, and you think he can't match that performance as the main main running back. Oh, 2019, turns out he can, and then some. Surely that's not sustainable. Yeah, again, he just gets better. Even you know after he's been paid, uh, the, the number of people say, oh, you don't pay running backs. You shouldn't pay running backs. Um, they'll just break down. He just looks like he gets stronger. Um, he's, I mean, I obviously don't want don't to jinx him, but he doesn't seem to, he wears def- defenses down. He doesn't get worn down himself. It's just so durable. To see. He is so durable. And I, I, I don't understand how he doesn't, get injured like and, and touch wood he, he he never continue this continues but he, he, you know he takes pretty big hits from time to time i think what game was it um a couple of weeks ago he got like you know, hitting the helmet quite hard and went off for one play and he was back in again like and <laughs> most players would take that kind of hit and they'd be off and might you know miss it all the game or some of the game he just he's just so durable and, and long may that continue i think if if we ever got to a point where he started picking up injuries like little niggly injuries here and there, I think we'd we'd really it'd pretty much be the end for him almost. I don't think he, he he had a he had a hamstring issue last year that he was kind of managing. Towards the end of last year, wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, the Saints game he missed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was a there was a weird scenario where we didn't because of tiebreakers and stuff. It didn't really matter what we did no. in the Saints, Saints game, but. Um, so yeah, he sort of rested. Perhaps could have played if the season was on the line, but then came out and got that record in Houston when he probably didn't need to. Um, funnily enough, we're back there when he might be doing yeah, the same for two thousand yards. Um, that would be great. Um, I'm pretty sure he just grows new hamstrings when he needs them. Finished <laughs> doing his week off. He just sort of went. He just went to the gym and just. I mean, for for our younger listeners, I thought if there are any, I thought I'll give it a little mention to. There's a um, there's a move in Pokemon. Yeah, that's right. We're talking Pokemon. There's a move in Pokemon called Abide, where what happens is once you've used it, the opponent can then hit you two or three times, and you're not allowed to use a move. And all you're doing is building up all the energy that they're hitting you with and just releasing it. And that's what I feel Derek Henry is. He's just a human form of that, where he just takes on all these hits in the first half. And then second half, he just rams it down a tired defense's throat. And it's what he seems to do every single week, except he seems to be getting stronger and stronger with it. And that's how I've always seen Henry. He doesn't get weaker. He gets stronger. And it's terrifying because I don't know how. And how many... ironically, and ironically, no one can catch him, which I think is an also a brilliant Pokemon joke that no one's <laughs> going to appreciate. All of that's just gone over my head. <laughs> I mean, your, your face, as Miles was talking, it was like... So gormless, it was hilarious. I thought you were ill. I was about to call the doctor or something. I thought you'd frozen. It was just like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering how many Ferrari drivers out there are into their Pokemon, but you know, here we are. Um, so let's hear from a Lions perspective. Um, there's no point hearing any more about what we've got to say about the Lions. Um, let's hear from one of their fans, Aaron, from the Roar of the Lions UK podcast. Joining us now from the Roar of the Lions podcast, I have Aaron. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's uh, really interesting to... I can't can't wait to get into talking about the Titans and the Lions with you. I'm good, thank you, though. How are you? Good. Yeah, very good. Um, Very good indeed. Um, 
nervous as always about any game. Um, we'll see how the how the Lions match up fares for us. Um, firstly, I'm in a bit of a weird season for you guys. You five and eight um, head coach has gone. Um, I, d- I guess all but well, I don't know about mathematically, but out of unfortunately out of playoff contention by now and um, realistically. Um, so it's just a case of of looking forward. I mean, how do you see your season um, and how do you see things for the future? Um, I have a slightly more optimistic, I guess, look on things than a lot of Lions fans. Um, maybe <laughs> due to my tenure as a Lions fan is a bit shorter. I don't know. But it's been a very strange... It, it, it feels like it's been a very strange season. A lot of the... A lot of the issues we've had, we were, you know, we were looking at, at post-draft to, to pre-season. Uh, you know, we were looking at hopefully these are areas in which it looks like we've worked on, it looks like we've got better at. Uh, a lot of good things, a lot of good things being said coming out of uh, pre-season training camps and whatnot. And, you know, it, it was, you know, pre-season was quite an exciting time to be a Lions fan, as it always is. It's just the actual season that becomes not so exciting. Um <laughs> Five and eight is a record that shouldn't feel as bad that it uh, shouldn't really feel as bad as it does. I guess um, it's not, obviously not a great record, yeah. but it's not absolutely awful. But I say it's so, there are a lot of issues that we've had that have been continuous throughout uh, the the reign of the previous head coach that just haven't been addressed, and it's quite it was really quite frustrating to to kind of see that and, and have that happen, but. You know, under under Daryl Bevel, uh, the interim head coach that we've got at the moment, who was our offensive coordinator and still is uh, for the time being, we've looked better. We've seen the team seems to have a bit more fight in them. The team seems to be playing uh, maybe a bit more. Seems seems like they're playing a bit more for the coach at the moment. The team just hadn't rallied behind Patricia. Yeah, and you know, it, it's that's obviously culminated into a couple of great wins against the likes of the Cardinals and the Jags and uh, and the Falcons, but has also culminated in really frustrating and horrible losses um, to teams that, you know, maybe we expected to lose to, I guess, uh, on, a, on a few occasions, but it's it's the manner in which that we did that that was frustrating. The Lions always seem to be involved in crazy games, which I, from an outsider is a lot of fun, but it's probably quite, quite stressful. <laughs> um, I always look at I look at you guys and think you've got something that a lot of teams don't have. Uh, that's a quarterback who well, I, I personally really rate. I've got a lot of time for, for Stafford. Um, and yeah, there are plenty of teams out there who might have a better coaching setup or a better defense, um, yeah. but don't have that key piece. Um, and he'll, I, I mean, I, I assume he's, he's likely to be the man going forward, hopefully for a, a few more years. Um, but first, first question, um, is he going to be okay for Sunday? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I kind of feel like really he's the sort yet. of guy who plays through anything, like injury-wise, and sometimes does. He is, and you know, after after Sunday's game, it, it you know we, we received a lot of praise from around the league, off, whether it was players, coaches, um, head coaches pundits analysts alike you know for the praising his toughness and you know it, it's at times as a whole as a fan base we adore everything about Matthew Stafford and it's sometimes it's, it's, it's as amazing it is to watch your quarterback play hurt 
And as much as that can help you feel, you know, it, it gets you rallied up. But, you know, sometimes when you love someone like that, you're thinking, don't, don't do any more damage to yourself, please. Um, <laughs> we don't know whether he'll play. We just don't. Um, obviously, the injury injury reports will be coming out tonight. Um, obviously, it's it's Wednesday that we're talking. Um, yeah. And hopefully injury reports this week will come out and we'll see. Yeah, it's, All right. it's. I guess it makes it hard to hard to preview a game when you don't know who the <laughs> the starting quarterback is going to be. Um, yeah, but... Um, but it's. I think one thing you'll notice though is that if he doesn't play, it'll say a lot about where we see our season heading now. We are, like you say, mathematically not out the playoffs, but we've got a one percent chance. Um, so you know, if they've totally given up on it, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see Stafford out. If he's out, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have. But um, you know, it, it, it's he he's played through probably a lot worse as well. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, what about the rest of the offense? Um, DeAndre Swift looks like a a great pickup in the draft. Um, he hasn't played every game, but he's looked good when he has. Um, you know, the Lions always seem to have a good receiving core. You've obviously got Hawkinson, um, Stafford aside. You you must be pretty pleased with how they've played this year. Yes, in general. Um, unfortunately, obviously, we've had Kenny Golladay out, the, our, our wide receiver one, for a good chunk of the season now. And there's a lot going up in the air about his contract, what's going to happen with him in the in the postseason because his contract's up um, and they just can't seem to agree on a contract. But the likes of Marvin Jones Jr. has stepped up incredibly well. He had, there was a couple of games there where it didn't look like anything was going to click. Uh, mid-season when Kenny Galladay went back out, but Marvin Jones Jr. has really stepped up. The likes of TJ Hawkinson have been fantastic considering last year he was being considered a bust by everybody who uh, brought his name up. The DeAndre Swift, yeah, absolutely incredible. And he's learning under one of the greatest running backs of all time. And who, you know, how can you not you know, how, how great is that, that you can be such an incredible young talent, but also learn off the likes of Adrian Peterson. Um, and, hope, you know, Adrian Peterson's had flashes of things that are very good, sometimes not been great. That's been put on sometimes maybe the play calling. But, you know, he he's unfortunately been out with concussion and, and a bit of an illness. And, you know, there was a lot of question over how long it would take him to get back. Thankfully, he was back on Sunday against the Packers. And that just means he'll be he'll be in a bit better contention and a bit better shape for for Sunday. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll be honest, I'm a lot more concerned about the Lions offense than the other side of the ball. Um I I thought we've we've, we've going to have to go there. <laughs> um well, can you can you keep Derek Henry in check? Um and can you keep Tannehill in check? Um believe it or not, we re- well, at the very start of the season we really struggled against the run. Uh, really struggled but since I would say the bye week uh, which for us was in week five it's got better and better and better unfortunately uh, you're not playing Derrick Henry's every week or should I say fortunately you're not playing Derrick Henry's every week so we've we've managed to stop and hold some very some very good running backs but they are not Derrick Henry's we still struggled You've against got Dalvin Cook in your division yeah. for starters yeah, yeah. And, and despite how well the uh, our defensive line was playing in that sort of uh, uh, against running backs Dalvin Cook still 
put a number on us and did very well against us. And it's so you know, it hopefully we he may not have a two hundred yard game, but you know, <laughs> uh, someone like Derek Henry, you can never you can never rule something like that out, can you? I mean, I hate to break it to you, he's going for a two thousand yard season and that will be in his head. Um yeah. I think it's about 150 yards per game he needs to to do that. Um, but it, he'll have a good job on it. And again, with, with Tannehill, I, I rate Tannehill very highly. He's a very good quarterback. And one of the things that Tannehill has got, um, we really seem to struggle against quarterbacks who throw efficiently, not necessarily throwing bombs or 50 yarders all the time. Tannehill is a quarterback that can throw just efficiently enough yards. Um, receivers, I mean, very good receiving core. And Tannehill, you know, Tannehill, like I say, Tannehill does not need to throw dimes, does not need to throw bombs up the field to make a play happen. He can find a receiver uh, and then get the couple of yards after the catch. And, you know, I, I, that obviously in turn turns into first downs, which then turns into quite long drives which is something yeah, we yeah. really struggle to stop. We play quite a soft zone coverage, especially throughout the first half. Um, play a soft zone, which allows, which will allow your receivers to get five or six yards pretty much uncontested and then catch the ball. And then the next thing that we are awful at is tackling. You cannot tackle for anything. So then that means you're skipping past your first man and then you're picking up first downs constantly. So someone like Tannehill, who's very good at throwing efficiently, is someone that I believe actually we might struggle against that. Yeah, I think that we've, we've got some similar issues on defence ourselves as it goes. So there could be a few points. Um, before I get you to predict the score, um, are there any any players that our fan base might not be aware of who we should be concerned about or look out for on Sunday? Um. Amani Owarie, our cornerback, who, again, like I say, when you're looking at um, the preseason, he, after drafting, drafting Jeff Okuda in round one, it looked like, you know, maybe Amani Owarie wasn't going to get much this season, but all word out of camp was that he was playing at a very, very high level. So he was someone that's actually to be excited about this season, and he was. Uh, he's been very good so far he's he's been on top of a couple of very good wide receivers and maybe not shut them out all game but has been you know he his coverage has been great and probably the only cornerback who's been consistently good throughout the year and i imagine he'll be on uh you know it, he might make life for your wide receiving core just a little bit harder not a lot maybe but at least a little bit harder and then Actually, I'm going to go on offense. Someone like um, Quintus Cephas or Mohamed Sanu. They uh, both wide receivers. They are Quintus Cephas is quite young. Mohamed Sanu was picked up off waivers earlier in uh, only a few weeks ago when, like, Kenny Galladay were looking to potentially be out. Some reason that Mohamed Sanu was just sent to our practice squad and then elevated for a couple of games, and then all of a sudden him and Stafford were connecting quite well. Yeah, Sanu's too he, good to be on any practice squad, even even yeah. in his advancing years. Um, so Sanu and Stafford connect quite well, especially early in the game. I don't know if um, we've just played a couple of teams recently where they've been snuffed out early in the game, and then defenses have you know maybe tried to contain Sanu a bit better, or just Sanu doesn't carry on as as well. 
But you know that that's a that's a partnership that, especially in a game, has proved quite dangerous. And Quintus Cephas, for a young rookie who only gets maybe three, four targets in a game, he often you know he makes the most out of he'll make the most out of those targets. Okay. Um, score prediction then. Um, I. I imagine, as I said, there'll be quite a few points for both for both teams potentially, especially if Stafford plays. Um, but how do you see it yeah. going? Oh, I, I, it's gonna be an interesting one. I'm not gonna. It, it's it's really weird to say because obviously, without what, the whole Stafford question, I think rests a lot of where my score prediction and game prediction will go. Okay, well, um, give two. Give two then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I think if Stafford's not playing, I think you know you. There's every chance that the Titans and Derek Henry and and Daniel, you know, you can put a forty burger on us, and we we will potentially struggle offensively. So it could be something like a a, a forty two seventeen or something. Um, it, it it could be that big. Or if it's you know if Stafford's in and performing the way he he should and, and normally does do, then you, you might be looking at say a. a a similar maybe to the Bears game that we had a couple of weeks ago, in like a 34-30 high scoring. Um, but it, it all rests on, I think, a lot of if our defence can make you stop at least once or twice throughout the game and not let you put points up on the board. Yeah, OK. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, I look forward nervously to any <laughs> any game, but this one I think could be could be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I hope... Think- yeah. A pity that, I mean, yeah, a pity that it's at the stage of the season where you you guys are five and eight. Um, but yeah, yeah, here, the, here we are. I I for the Titans as well, I think in a way it's a game that you almost can't win in a way because if you win, you're expected to beat the Lions. <laughs> if you lose, then oh my day, you just you just been battered by the Lions. It, it, <laughs> you know, it's almost no win. It's no win for you and. As well, for I think for us as well at the moment, there's almost a no-win situation. If we lose, we just got battered. If we win, why are you ruin our draft position? Um, <laughs> I I hate that. I hate that mentality. Um, yeah, the but, the Jags and the Jets. You're seeing it with the, the, this year. Um, you don't know what to yeah. don't know what to cheer for. But um, thanks so much for coming on. Where can people find you and uh, and your, your podcast and your work? Yeah, so obviously we're we're, we're on all major podcasts servers providers so obviously spotify and apple and not google and all that sort of stuff but on uh, on our social media you can find us on twitter rotl underscore uk and on instagram rotl dot uk okay there you go um yeah thanks so much aaron all the best uh, all the best for well after sunday obviously i won't wish you yeah. the best for sunday but um yeah. it's been good chatting to you and you, thank you for having me on. And again, to you guys, all the best for Monday and onwards. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, should we? I don't, well, should we do our own score predictions? I'm not. I'm not even sure. There doesn't seem to be much doubt here. Um, it feels like three of us are predicting a relatively comfortable win. The only um, thing I'm helped. predicting is two wins out of the last three, and I'm not going to tell you which one we're losing. Oh, that's a cop out. Probably guess. Mm. I'll tell you we're winning all three. Of course, yes, you, that's of course very you would. Of course you would. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve and four. That would be tasty. To be honest, eleven and five is just feels like 
pie in the sky as, as it is. To be honest, to get an AFC South, it'd just be just be nice for for a certain Titans fan not to have to uh, change their tattoo again. Like they can actually have a tattoo that is legitimate. It's great. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know if Mitch listens. <laughs> Who knows? But the uh, I, I mainly want the Colts to just start losing. Um, uh, if we can get the, the 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 trouble is now we've got the seventh team um, in the playoffs, which by the way I just think is a nonsense. It makes me angry every time I think about it. <laughs> I don't know why the NFL needs to do that, but you've only got one team with a a first round bye, um, and that's going to be the Chiefs. I can't imagine any way that that's not going to be the Chiefs. You know, we're not we're not catching them. Um, so it's a home game for winning the division. And then who on earth knows after that? Um, so it's sort of, as long as we stay ahead of the Colts, there's potentially not that much to play for. I mean, I don't, it's still probably too early to work out the exact scenarios, but you might find that it barely matters what happens in the last game or two. It's a, it's a weird situation. Um, Sunday, the Lions game is on... It's, well, it's not Fox. It's been weirdly switched to CBS for reasons I don't fully understand. Um, but usual time in the UK, 6 p.m. Following week, Sunday night football at the Packers, which is unusual for the Titans. Uh, they Seeing as they haven't flexed, they didn't flex the Bronco, Broncos Chiefs. They haven't flexed the Browns Giants. They're probably not going to flex this one. So that's, I think, the, the Sunday after Christmas I believe, and then the final week at Houston, which there might, yeah, fingers crossed. There's not that much to play for, other than the 2,000 yard rushing record. But we'll see. Um, so Mars, 12 and four. You've got us, Greg. You 11 and five. You think? Yeah, I think 11 and five. I do. I do think there'll be one of the one game that will slip up, and it wouldn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form if we lost this Sunday and then went and beat Green Bay, as I mentioned earlier. But um, I, I, I think Green Bay will be a really tough game. Um, especially as I think they are still in the hunt for that number one seed. I think with the Saints yeah, losing, it's the Eagles. Place at the moment, aren't they now? So uh, I can't remember if they are. Are they first place now? Are they? Yeah, Interesting. They are, um, so they'll be hunting that down, which, which you know, I, I kind of was hoping that getting into that game, they, they've already won the division, obviously. So I was thinking hopefully they'll have won the division, but had little chance to get number one seed and therefore sort of just sitting on the lower slightly, but I don't think they will, they'll be doing that. And I think they'll, that'll be a tough away game. It's going to be freezing cold in right just after Christmas. That could work in our favor to some extent with Derek Henry, but I, I think it will just be a tough game. Their offense, if they get clicking a, a, a something else potentially. So I think we might lose that one, but the other two we should win and should win comfortably. I think Houston, if we don't beat them in their own backyard, I think we've got some very serious problems because they are, horrendous at the moment um, if we don't beat them in our own backyard it'll be because we're resting our starters potentially uh, potentially but to be honest yeah, have we got any have, like we, have we got any backup players left because I'm sure all our backup players are starters especially on defence well we Logan would hand the ball off a few more times on Sunday um, which That's was nice he had, a, he had a little run himself actually the third yes, down yeah. little bootleg nice little yeah. 19 yard Isaiah pick-up. Wilson could play running back <laughs> yeah, well, at least we're doing something. Yeah, yeah we. Uh, well, he's he's done for the year, as we, as we know. Um, hopefully, he'll come back all all sorted out mentally and um, whatever he needs to do. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a bit of a weird one that. Um, the draft picks from this year haven't. None of them have really 
really panned out or or done anything. Um, but yeah, the future, who knows? Right, let's end the podcast um, with any non-Titans related stuff we want to get off our chests. And um, Miles, what have you got brewing? Yeah, well, it hasn't been brewing for very long. It was only actually from earlier on today, which is fortunate. So I haven't had to sort of be angry about it as such. But don't know if anyone in the UK has noticed, but it's got quite cold recently. I'd, sometimes I've actually described it as Baltic, where I, I'm wearing numerous layers because only a, an idiot would go out in just a shirt. Although I found out today that those idiots are about, because I was walking around um, Warrington in Cheshire, and there was the odd, what I would say is young, adult, late teenager walking around with just a, a small shirt on with their arms out feeling dead tough. And I was thinking to myself, I don't care how good you think you look or anything like that. Put a jumper on because it's cold. And there is no, there's no reason why someone would wear a shirt and shorts to walk around when it's freezing cold. I can't see the reason behind it. I don't know if it's right. just me getting old <laughs> brian's not here as our resident newcastle fan um i don't know if they're any of the tune in in warrington walking about oh, that's their different. thing they, isn't they it or they wouldn't even have their shirts on it's true but i mean shorts to a point yeah but i just didn't get it like every other person i saw was in like a coat a hoodie hat and scarf and stuff and then there's just a couple of people walking around and just a really small polo shirt and i'm there like who are you out here trying to impress you're not like like I saw David and Joku before the Ravens game when it was one degree, and everyone was like, "Look at him working out with no shirt on before the game." I was like, "I don't care." Yeah, I'm sure he's very impressed. He's a nice, big, muscly guy, but you're gonna catch a cold. Who, who is which? One of our players kept doing that. Like he'd walk out barefoot. Like ben on Jones the... does it every game. Uh, he does. I mean, before every game, he goes out barefoot. I'm pretty sure. Someone, <laughs> someone might correct me, but I'm pretty sure it's Ben Jones. Yeah, he could be right. Who by, who, by the way, talking to Brian, them two, they've got to be lookalikes. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen I'm the just... same two in, this, in the same room. Uh, that's exactly it. This is, that's why Brian's always so busy, because he's basically just training for the Titans. He's actually Ben Jones. Greg, um, you and I have been in the same room as Ben Jones. Now, Brian, Brian, wasn't, Brian there. wasn't there. Is that a coincidence? Did he sneak yeah, off? Apparently, all of a apparently, he couldn't. He couldn't get down there. Well, I mean, we all know why now. Yeah, it's, it's starting to make sense. Although I'm pretty sure he was absolutely levered before that Chargers game, and I'm pretty sure Ben Jones wasn't. Um, <laughs> I don't know, actually. We'll see. Uh, yeah, no, definitely same person. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to share with you a weird byproduct from how I've interpreted the England COVID regulations. So I live in a part of Hertfordshire that is as of, well, by the time this podcast goes out, in fact, will have moved into tier three of COVID regulations. If you're listening from the, the States, yes, it all sounds ludicrous, um, but it's these things are fairly ludicrous everywhere. And we have a three tier system in, in England, not the UK, but England, where different areas depending on the rates of infection and all sorts of factors have moved up and down to various levels of restrictions. I live about 200 yards from the border of an area that isn't going to tier three and will stay in tier two. Um, so you could drive, you could literally drive down a street around the corner from me and the houses on the left-hand side are in tier three and houses on the right are in tier two. Um, but 
a weird thing that I, I think, okay, so if I go for a run, you know, humble brag, I'm a, no, really not. Um, but I, I do attempt to run every now and then to largely to make sure that I don't keel over before I'm 50. Um, but in lockdown, like full lockdown, I could go and run anywhere I wanted. But I, th- I think I cannot run into tier two if I go for exercise. Um, because unnecessary travel from tier three into tier two is not allowed. Um, so I, if I leave my front door, I can run south, but I can't run north. Makes sense of that. That's the exact excuse I would use too to not have to go on a run. <laughs> <laughs> also, just 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 saying, anyone who dies before they're fifty, probably a Titans fan, because they just subject you to uh, to that kind of. Heartbreak and <laughs> yeah, constant. That's, that's, why I, that's why I have to exercise too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You should be. Uh, I'm sure you're making sure it's all on Strava and everyone can see how many runs you're doing a week, Adam. I'm sure. Well, what, um, what, what is there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Greg, Greg I, you go, follow me on Strava. I said do, and you can see how little I do on oh, Strava as well. No. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's ridiculous, and just how they. I don't know how they can literally say one's essentially one side of the road is is tier three and one's tier two surely that's just kind of polar opposite of you know i know they've got to draw a line somewhere to, if that's what yeah exactly you have to draw it, of course you do it just it just kind of amuses me um, yeah it's very strange have you I like mean, as i said you set abuse to like the the neighborhood on the other side and like called them out and saying oh you're filthy in tier three you're disgusting <laughs> not wearing a mask and if they go outside, if they walk out their front door, you can start seeing, we can see you sneaking out. I just constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, COVID tier banter. It's just something uh, else. Yeah, I know. It's a good job no one listens to this bit. Um, mine is uh, kind of rel- a little bit Christmas related because it's, it's kind of more relevant. Um, and it's to do with uh, delivery drivers. And I don't know if it's just me, but delivery drivers now seem i don't know if they've just been given too many parcels they don't even have time now to ring the doorbell or knock on the door and physically wait to give you the parcel what they seem to be doing where i live is that they knock on the door ring the doorbell put it on the doorstep and they're already in their car literally about Uh, to put the accelerator as soon as that door opens off they go i just this is this is covid though covid's given them an excuse to do this Contact-free delivery means that they can just run away. It's weird. Like there was always literally the guy. There was because I where I work is we've got three-story house. No, again, not bragging, but um, when where I work, I have to go down like two sets of stairs to 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 get to to the front door. So it can take me a good like you know I'm not as quick as uh, running as Adam clearly is. It can take me you know a good 20, 30 I, I, seconds. I'm feeling a bit insecure, Greg. I mean, you Miles has got his two ferraris you've got your oh, three-story bastard house yeah and what have i got hey i've got uh, it's basically a mile and, and a half walk to get to the front door you get the titans <laughs> you get tier three bang opposite you <laughs> um but yeah it's just weird i don't know if i've, no- I've noticed it more recently and i'm get I-, I put it down to as christmas and they've just got a shed load more parcels to go and deliver therefore they just don't literally do not have time but just find it weird. It's just like open up the door, no one there, and there's a parcel on the doorstep, and you can see literally the car zooming away just as you open the door. It's mad. I used to get in trouble as a kid for doing knock and run. 
where you <laughs> you'd be sprinting halfway down the street. Nowadays, you're just getting it from everyone. The be- the beauty of like having also this is definitely not a brag is having a ring doorbell is that my other half's just obsessed with just constantly talking to people through the ring doorbell. No, that's just... definitely a brag. That is that's not a brag. No, it's a sponsorship me. actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Today's episode is sponsored by Hi- Ring. Highly recommend their uh, their services, and if there's any indoor cameras you can get, that'd be great. Um, Do they have any competitors, or is it just just? I don't know. We don't even need to say. I mean, Do, we know doorbells are available and worth buying. The others the four, are terrible. The four people left listening might might buy one. You never know. Um, yeah, they, these that's 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 also one. As soon as a noise goes on outside, my wife is basically straight on her phone looking at the uh, ring doorbell and the infrared camera, hoping that someone someone's going to be there to explain why there was a noise. Um, but yeah, so that's that's, that's what you do if the doorbell goes and you got one of those is rather than answer the door, you look on your phone. To look see on the phone, and you can talk to them. You can basically just say, "Yeah, leave the parcel there. I'll be down in a minute." I, I don't do that, but that's 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 what you can do. I actually like going to the front door and seeing them drive off. <laughs> I'm gonna claw some way back into this by saying that I don't have a well, I don't have a ring doorbell. I do have a central heating system that I can turn up and down. For right, oh, yeah, I'm right back yeah. in it. There you go. Yeah. You know, it, it, out of out of nowhere, I must mention only to the guys will see. I've got a bedside uh, light on at the moment because all three of my light bulbs have gone at the same time in my room, and I've been in darkness. So I've had to find this in a random uh, in a random part of my house, and uh, it stinks of dust burning. <laughs> while I've been doing this podcast, just your, so uh, just stick your Ferrari headlights on, and it will come through the window. It should be fine. One of one of them's been valeted, and I said one of them's getting paint job done. <laughs> well, if you're if you're in Warrington, one of them might be nicked by now. <laughs> it's highly likely. That. I have to keep on buying them. <laughs> I dread to think what the insurance is. Well, blimey. Um, <laughs> right, chaps. Um, that's that's probably more than enough. Um, Titans chat for this week, and plenty of non-Titans chat as well. Um, find us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Transatlantic TN. Um, let us know if you want to come on. Um. I get I get sick of the sound of my own voice. I'm sure you do as well. Um, yeah, we're just just some some new voices. Let us know if you want to come and have a chat about the Titans. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, let's hope for obviously ten and four by by this time next week. And some of us, who knows who, but we'll be back to have a chat with you then. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.